Hello, everybody. It's Avery Overby, and you're listening to Prep for Your Success, sponsored by Trustmark National Bank. Today, I'm here with Joe Stratinger. Great. I'm so glad to be on the first episode. And today, we're just going to kind of walk through this business. So what exactly do you do? So I have a company called Edge Theory, um, and we're in the narrative intelligence space. So we um, use uh, artificial and human intel- artificial and human intelligence to help people understand the crazy online digital world of, of conversation. Okay. How exactly did you get into this area of business? Sure. So I'm a recovering CPA. So um, I first was uh, in college, was an accountant and passed the CPA exam, started my career in Dallas um, a long, long time ago, 1991. And along the way, uh, um, I, at the end of the 1990s, I started my first startup, um, which was called Music Force. Um, and it was tied into a company owned by um, Mark Cuban. And uh, we were, long stories, we were the first company to sell CDs online. Today, we don't know what okay. CDs are because <laughs> we download music. But back in the day, CDs were pretty hot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Amazon was only selling books. This was an exciting time. It was 1998. So Amazon was only into books. And we had this crazy idea. Hey, Amazon's selling books. Why don't we sell CDs? Mm-hmm. And so that's what we did. And so okay. I quit my job and we started a company. Okay, that's cool. So what are some advantages and disadvantages that you've found of being an entrepreneur in Mississippi? Well, that was in Mississippi. So, so, so as I come back to Mississippi, Mm -hmm. um, uh, I think, um, you know, the, the, there's pros and cons to me. I always say, you know, I did that startup for a while and then, and then, uh, was in Nashville for a while after Dallas, um, and then came back to Mississippi, what, probably 20 years ago, (laughs) um, to raise a family. But in Mississippi, um, I think there's a, it's a, it's a pro and a con. Uh, the fact that we're sort of behind, we're not, you know, we're not um, the uh, Silicon Valley uh, out in the West Coast because we're in the technology business. But I would say we're, the, I always say we have the Silicon Delta. Mm-hmm. And, and what I mean by that is we have this really, um, I think, wonderful gift that a lot of people don't have in very busy environments. And we clearly don't have a huge tech startup hub. And so there's a challenge finding good people. Mm-hmm. Or at least people that, that are into technology. Um, the flip side is we have a lot of creative people, and I think the, the the fact that we're not so progressive, meaning we're not out there in big cities seeing new things every day, we're actually more creative. So I think that's a pro and a con. Um, and so I think, but I think the biggest challenge for a startup in Mississippi is there's not really a lot of big investors, you know, investing Definitely. in startups. And that's you know, there's a lot of investors, but they're more into traditional things like real estate and stuff like that. So um, definitely capital has been is a challenge and then um you know talent but i think with covid and everything else even way before covid i think you know this is a a very low cost place to live Mm -hmm. um we just we had a young 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 man from stanford uh come work for us this summer and probably going to come back to work for us because he understands he can live here for a tenth of the cost you Mm -hmm. know still enjoy the things he wants outdoors and he can fly to california for the weekend so i think there's uh, a lot there but it's definitely uh i think the biggest challenge is just um from a capital standpoint. So how did you get the money to start up your business? Yeah, so in all the ventures that I've been in, um, I would say probably since 1998, I've been you know, a serial entrepreneur, um, but all of them have been where I've set up a company, um, you know, raised capital, raised equity, um, and uh, set up an entity. and. Um, you know, those investors have been some from here and some from afar, but, you know, raise equity and, and uh, go from there. 
Okay. So has COVID impacted your company negatively, positively? I know that people have been stuck at home and probably on the computers more. How has that affected you? Yeah, for, for us, we never left the office, but I mean, just for, for our team, but um, uh, as well as to the company itself, we actually have had a lot of you know, good things happen during COVID. We, we're, we're in the, we're in the, you know, our, our business is to help people understand online conversation, mm-hmm. you know, and help people participate in online conversation. And so obviously with COVID, more people were all online. Definitely. Right. And so um, for us, um, both um, one side of our business where we produce narrative intelligence for organizations, that's gone, uh, obviously uh, increased. Uh, and then also on the side where we help people participate in conversation has increased as well. So we've um, we've grown during COVID for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, people are at home more people, you know, are, are, uh, so, so how did you first get the word out about your company? Yeah. So, um, you know, again, to give you a quick little background, so our company, um, back when, um, I first built my company in 1998, the first company, um, we sold CDs online. Again, it sounds <clears throat> crazy your generation because, uh, you know, the idea of selling CDs online is a pretty, pretty crazy mm-hmm. idea, but back then it was pretty radical. And so what we did and what sort of has been my whole career since then is we would go into things called chat rooms. They're, they're very rare today. But, yeah. But we would go into chat rooms. Um, there was no social media, of course. And this was, uh, you know, you know, 10 years, wait, 10 years at least before that. And we would go into chat rooms and, and actually have conversations with people and people thought we were crazy, but that's how we built our business is we would go in and say, Hey, did you know you could buy this CD online? And we would go into different uh, country and music, you mm-hmm. know, chat room and, 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 and actually just have a conversation and say, Hey, by the way, would you like to buy this CD? You know, just basic things that we take for granted. And so that led to, um, uh, how can we do that for other companies, right? And so um, I've always been fascinated with that. And then, of course, um, with the uh, then social media comes around. We didn't know at the time that was going to happen ten years prior. Um, but more and more, you know, we we realize that people are going to need help, um, and you can use online conversations to grow businesses. And so, you know, of course, then 2007 occurs and Twitter. And by the time you hit 2010, you had you know really two crazy things happen with the internet itself back in 1995 uh, allowed democratized content think about it i mean there was before then y'all didn't know this but before the internet you know there there was not an easy way to get a lot of content so the internet you know democratized content and then what happened with social media is that was the democratization of the radical you know amplification of content and so you know y'all have been in that crazy world right your whole life and so those two things really uh put a lot of stuff out there and there's this huge battleground today online with content and um, people are trying to you know sway people's you know perceptions um, you know y'all understand social media so narratives whether they're false true whatever there's a huge world that needs to be understood so um, you know if you really want to understand the value of a company it goes way way beyond the financials it's it's you know do you understand the narrative online because a bad narrative about Tesla, for example, right? A false narrative, say about Tesla being amplified about batteries blown up is not a good thing for their stock, right? And so there's a lot, and we see that ecosystem just growing and growing and growing where people need to have narrative intelligence just like they have financial intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. So that's how we've sort of grown it. And so that's, it's very much a, you know, when you build a company that's a new category, it's much harder than building a company that's already, you know, similar to other, other things. So, um, you know, it's, it's been, it's been a challenge, but, um, 
you basically created your own market space. That's yeah. kind of, that's yeah. insane. Yeah, I mean, the, the word narrative intelligence was not a thing. Mm-hmm. And we sort of own that that space, narrative intelligence, right? Which is, you know, what, what, what how do I... How do I understand what my competitors are doing? You know, and that good mm-hmm. stuff. So, I've never really thought about trying to advertise without social media. Like, if someone was like, "Oh, can you advertise something for me?" I'd be like, "Okay, I'll create an Instagram account." Yeah. Like, I've never really thought about what it'd be like before that. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I know that networking is a huge part of your life. Can you tell me a little bit about how that has played a part in your career? Sure. Sure. Um, you know, we say all the time that I would think if I look back uh, and had advice for anybody, it's, 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 it's around conversation. I think people talk about networking and networking is, um, uh, you know, a very powerful thing. But I think sometimes networking has a connotation that it's all about me building a network for myself and it's all about me. Whereas I think really true networking is just having conversations with people, right? Mm-hmm. And over time, you know, seeking out those conversations, whether you're in high school, college, work, you know, if you, it, the, the one thing I would say is taking the advantage of every time you can have a conversation with someone, you know, whether you, hopefully most of the time you don't agree with them, right? Mm-hmm. And you actually have a conversation. And I think that's that's what's helped me a lot in my, in my career. And now we built a company around conversation, right? The online conversation. But I really look at that as being individually for each of us, our greatest asset, or our greatest liability is, you know, do, do we, do we participate in the conversation? And I think that's going to, that goes so far in how you can build a network. Um, but if you look at it as, Hey, I want to go and get to know people because of who they are and understand them, that'll build such a stronger, you know, friendships, which thus leads to a network, you know? Gotcha. Yeah. So my parents are also entrepreneur, entrepreneurs, and I know that takes a lot of time and effort and just everything away from you. How do you balance your personal life and your work life? Do you have like set times like, okay, it's 5 p.m. I need to go home and spend time with my family, or is it more like subjective than that? What do you try to do to keep that balanced? Yeah. Um, you know, it's for me, it's um, – I. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, I've never really had a problem with it. I, mean, I work really hard and my mm-hmm. kids see that and hopefully that helps them understand they need to work hard. But, um, I, I do, I do have cutoff periods, but for me, it's, you know, my, the way my mind works, I'm always on. So it's, it's a challenge when to turn it off, you know, but, um, now with kids in school and activities, probably, it was probably harder when the kids were younger. Definitely. You know, I, I think it was definitely harder because, um, I didn't have to be as round as much, mm-hmm. you know, and so I work really hard, but I think as my kids have gotten older and, you know, junior high and high school, there's so many things I, I, I go to that I love to go to. It's, it's definitely made more of a balance, but I'd say definitely, I have, I was fortunate, if you want to say it that way, that I built my first company and sold it before we had kids. Definitely. So that was a really a blessing in hindsight that, mm-hmm. you know, in, in 1998 to 1999, I probably worked 20, I think I worked 20 years of my life in nine months because wow. I worked so hard and, you know, and, 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 um, but you know, then, then of course, um, uh, it's been a lot different with kids. Mm-hmm. I've definitely slowed down some. <laughs> <laughs> so what is, have you like faced any failures throughout your career? Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I had more failures than successes. I mean, you know, it mm-hmm. all depends on, I mean, I think any anybody wants to be an entrepreneur, you know, <clears throat> you got to, I mean, you know, it's a life of ups and downs, ups and downs, and that's that's really life too. So I think being an entrepreneur is sort of a representation of life, mm-hmm. constant, you know, ups and downs. And um, But I've had plenty of failures. I've had probably the biggest failures have just been, uh, 
you know, getting hurt by people that you really thought, you know, I've had, you know, relationships in business, no different than a relationship, you know, that you have. So I think that's, that's been um, a lot of struggles. I've had, I've had businesses where I've lost a lot of money, you know, uh, and I've had businesses where I made money. So, um, but to me, that's that, that, those, those trials and, you know, just make you stronger. So, I um, mean, and, and I'm the, my personality would be very, I think very, uh, it would not be, I would not do well at just doing the same thing every day. Gotcha. I mean, every day is a new day. Every day has a new challenges mm-hmm. and new successes. So. so I know that you are the CEO of your company. Walk me through like an average day of what you do in sure. work. Sure. Um, so just like any company, you know, we have, uh, um, I have, uh, I, I'm, I'm not, a, I have a technology company. I have a, a technology company, um, so but I'm not the CTO, so I'm not a technologist in the sense. But mm-hmm. I have some technology background, so you know a typical day I have a great a great team, um, and that's led by a uh, chief technology officer, a chief product officer, um, and sort of a chief operations officer. So those are sort of the uh, the lead folks, and um, with each of them, I you know most of my job is to make sure they're successful, and how can I help them uh, get through their day. So I but I play a pretty good bit, pretty pretty big role in product. Um, even um, though I have to do a lot of things, you know, as a CEO in a startup, you know, you constantly have to raise money, you know, so mm-hmm. you're the chief, you're, you're chief everything, right? Yeah. My first startup, I mean, I changed the toilet paper, I do everything, right? <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I think you have to, you're pretty humbled, you know, when you're that. But currently, you know, my, my job is definitely to make sure that, um, you know, we're growing the company from a strategy standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but then I love product. So I, I'm very involved in the product. Okay. So... What advice would you give to young entrepreneurs or to younger people to try to, how do I word this? How to like, how would you tell someone to set themselves up for success? Yeah. I, mean, I know I, I, I say it all the time, I repeat myself, but I really think it's about make, making sure you meet as many people as you can, you know, and, and I think, you know, you know this and, and y'all live in a world that's just, you were born in this crazy, very, very, very noisy world. It's a very noisy world. And of course, you know, we, we as a company make money in explaining that noisy world mm-hmm. to people, but it's extremely noisy. And I think sometimes the best advice I would give anybody is, and I think it's going to be the greatest, uh, the greatest, uh, what should I say, um, skills that you hear about soft skills, you know, people skills, yeah. but really a lot of young people, you know, just can't have conversation. And, and so I think that the, the ability to go out there and again, I, I think it's seek out conversation. Um, it sounds so basic and it's such a, 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 a fundamental thing we've all known, but those are the people that are going to excel, people that actually have conversations. It makes so, sense, though, because I, mean, I feel like with technology, a lot of younger people's social skills have kind of been impaired because everything's done over the phone, on a computer, like just everything. So, yeah. And I, I really believe that the companies, they're going to, you're, I mean, you're going to be so different if you just do the basic things of just ask people, how are you doing? And have conversations. So, I mean, I think yeah. that's going to be the, the key thing that will set you apart. I mean, just even though I, I, I started my job, I guess, before there was really before the internet, of course, and before social media, but even then what, what got me in those opportunities to live overseas and do all the things that I've done have been because 
my father would say, hey, you know, have fun, enjoy yourself. You know, when I started my first job in Dallas, I was in the tallest building I've ever seen in my life at the mm-hmm. time. And, you know, he said, hey, have fun, go to happy hour, but don't go till seven o'clock, you know, f- you know, stay after work, get to know your bosses, you know, get to know people, have conversation, meet them. And that's got me so far in life, just seeking out people. And, and, and really, again, not because they're going to make me better, but hey, just generally loving people. And that sounds cheesy, but really, if you just generally seek out relationships, um, not because it's going to, you're trying to figure out how it's going to help you get more, but just enjoy people, it goes a long ways. Okay. So my friends and I were all about to go into our first year of college. Where did you get your education to get where you are? And do you think that um, the school you go to is very important in where you end up in the world? You know, I went to a small liberal arts school, um, Mississippi College, and um, my wife went to Millsaps, both small liberal arts colleges, um, uh, and and I loved it. I really think that um, you, you, it's really what you put into it, you know, whether you go to a local school or state school or, you know, go, go abroad. Um, I think it's more about what you put into it. I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a wrong choice of where you go to college. Um, uh, and I think, um, you know, you pick a school where you're going to enjoy I, I mean, I think it's a good thing to think about going and meeting people that aren't like you. <laughs> That's always a good thing. But um, I think, uh, you know, the best, the best advice is to go somewhere where, you know, you feel like you can, um, uh, you know, apply yourself, you know, and, 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 and also I think sometimes, I mean, going to a school that's, you know, you might more likely end up around those kind of people or, or wherever you are geographically. So, you know, if you really like some part of the country, maybe you look at that, mm-hmm. but I think, um, a lot of schools are, it's, it's overrated. I mean, I think go to a school that you want to go to and apply yourself and, and you'll be successful, I think. So what did you major in to get where you are today? Yeah, so, can you hear me okay? Is this yeah, okay? this is great. Um, uh, I was pre-med oh. for almost, well, three over three years. Mm-hmm. And um, we had, where I went to school, we had a good pre-med rate. And I don't remember why exactly, but... Um, uh, I chose that, but I did, and I worked really hard. And I, I had to—I was also a runner, so that was a big job in itself. Mm-hmm. But running in pre-med, and then I can't remember exactly why, but I woke up and, and realized I did not want to be a doctor for some <laughs> reason. And I don't remember the, the reason for that, but <clears throat> I realized, you know, hey, I want to be a—you know—in business. And I did not know the word entrepreneur. I don't even know if I even mm-hmm. heard that word. Um, but my father had always encouraged me to take a lot of accounting. You know, yeah. Um, and I think counting sometimes has a bad stigma, but I would encourage you and everybody. I've encouraged my own kids. Everybody should have some accounting. I'm it's, taking accounting awesome. right now. I yeah. love it. It's it's the language of business, and and um, I did it for six years in Dallas and Europe, and learned about all types of businesses. And I know so many smart people in my life that I've met who did not have any kind of accounting background, mm-hmm. and who um, you know uh, have gotten uh, had some tough times because they did not understand their accountant or did not understand <laughs> you know, even even owners of businesses, but. But anyway, I was pre-med and then uh, decided the last in the you know, 11th hour to become an accountant. And so I did that and got an accounting major and then um, passed the CPA test, which is a horribly hard test to pass, um, and became a CPA. And then then from there, I, I, I got into consulting. Um, and that's what I did for out of Dallas and Europe. Okay. So... So how do you motivate yourself to keep going and keep working so hard every day? Because it sounds like you have, you've just hit the ground running every day since college. How do you stay motivated to keep doing that? 
I don't, I don't know if you can, that's just the way I was designed. I mean, I, 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 you know, it's, I just don't stop. I mean, I, I don't know how to, that's a good, it's a great question. I haven't really thought about what keeps me going. Um, I mean, I guess my worldview is that I've been given, you know, a mind and mm-hmm. I've been given some gifts and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm there to go work hard. So my, you know, my father taught me raising, raised me to work very hard and push me. <laughs> and my mother taught me joy It's going to be okay. And so with those two things, I think, I hope that I've instilled that in some of my kids that, hey, work hard and know it's going to be okay. Yeah. And if you, if you know, if you will work hard and you know it's going to be okay, meaning this is not the last chapter, then, mm-hmm. then you just keep going. But, it, you know, if you don't have that kind of thought, I think it can be pretty scary. The world can be pretty scary if you, if, uh, you don't think it's going to be okay. For yeah? sure. So I, I think that's clearly my motto. So how would you define success as an entrepreneur? Yeah, for me, I mean, I, I, there's a great podcast, you know, you've heard me talk about how, how I built this. And at the end, um, I mean, everybody says, oh, I didn't do it for the money. I mean, it's, it's such, I mean, people, you, you want to, you know, I just think it's crazy when people say that. But clearly, you know, I think success can be the success of the company that it, it was a profitable business, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but for me, what drives me, of course, I want to provide for my family and make a living and do well. But really what drives me is solving big problems, mm-hmm. you know. And I've always been in doing things that are, you know, way sometimes too far ahead, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, built, and I've always built things that didn't exist before. You know, it's easy to go sell knives, Cutco knives, as my <laughs> son did, because, you know, they're better than the other knives, right? Yeah. But that's easy to go sell something that's been sold before. It's mm-hmm. very hard to sell something that's never been sold before. So, um that's, you know, that's what drives me is I want to solve big problems. And um, so, yeah, obviously what defines success is, is um, profitability. And, and if you have shareholders, you obviously are beholden to those shareholders. But for me, uh, what drives me is I want, I want to, I was put here on earth to think big and I want to think big. That's good. So what do you think the number one weakness or mistake entrepreneurs usually have? That's good. Um, well, I think, you know, entrepreneurship is, is a lot about taking risk. And I think a lot of what I see is a lot of people think they're entrepreneurs uh-huh. and they're not entrepreneurs, <laughs> you know. And so they, 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 they're very risk adverse. And if you're risk adverse, and there's nothing wrong with that, we need, the world needs people that are risk adverse. It's just not for you. So I think a lot of people, quote, that say they're entrepreneurs, you know, aren't entrepreneurs. And that, that's what I see time and time again, that people just, um, you know, give up too quickly. You know, mm-hmm. but I think that's the biggest thing. So you've mentioned that you've had a lot of projects in the past. Which one has been your favorite so far? What I'm doing now, for sure. I mean, I, mean, I think what we're doing now, um, you know, I've, I've just give you a couple of my failure. I've, I've had everything from, you know, I built this, the company in Dallas that sold CDs online. Um, I've, uh, I've done a lot of things around real estate. I built a company before there was Airbnb. It was better than Airbnb, but it was too early. (laughs) And we had 16,000 properties and it was a, but it was just too early. And so Mm -hmm. that, that company failed, you know, um, I've had, I bought a feed company and I had this big idea to, to, to transform the whole show feed for a cattle industry. (laughs) So I've had all types of, of companies I've bought and sold. Um, but my favorite one by far is Edge Theory, mm-hmm. the company we have today. And I think, you know, we, our goal is to be the biggest narrative intelligence company in the world right here in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I think it's, to me, the most fascinating. And, and you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you have that sort of, I guess, that, you know, vibe. If you know something's going to, it's going to happen or not, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I sort of have that feeling once again. I've had plenty of companies I've built that I don't have that feeling. There's, you know, but I think, you know, what we're doing 
in Mississippi, which is so exciting because, you know, part of my part of my story is I am. For the first many, many years being back here, you know, we felt a calling to come back here to raise a family, but it was very much a challenge. I mean, I needed to be in California, Dallas, you know, L.A., New York. It was very hard to be here. You think of networking, like locations. Mississippi is not at the top of that list. Totally. I mean, like, you know, so for me, the ecosystem of what I do is, you know, you'd say it's Palo Alto, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, I would spend time out there and, um, I, we, we, I mean, I can't tell you probably 20 times we thought about moving out there. Um, in hindsight, I'm glad I did not. Um, so that, that's been, that was a big challenge, but, you know, staying here was the best thing ever, you know, but by far, I think, um, edge theory, the company today is, is, is the most exciting thing that we're doing. And I think, um, has a, a good long run. Do you have any ideas that you're working on now for future projects and future goals, maybe? No, um, we just, you know, again, we want to, I really see, and, and, you know, not to get philosophical, but Mississippi, I think we we have a lot of neat things in Mississippi. And Mm -hmm. I really believe, you know, um, sure, do we want new jobs and we want another, you know, another Nissan plant or something like that. But the reality is Mississippi doesn't have a lot of big industry, you know, and I really believe in my passion, I tell everybody is that one of our biggest industries we've just not tapped into is the idea of the conversation and narratives. We're the best storytellers in the world. There's a reason Faulkner was successful, right? Mm-hmm. There's a reason we have this incredible, rich uh, culture of music and, and writers and, and, and journalists. And, you know, and, and so I, I don't know if I posted this on LinkedIn, what was it, two weeks ago after going to the Grove. And I was just sitting there looking at the Grove at Ole Miss and going, you know, what an incredible venue where conversation is learned every day. And I bet you there's not any, very few places like that where kids have grown up, you know, listening, thinking, learning how to talk, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's a, that's a huge gift that we all have. And you don't find that. I mean, I've lived in, I've traveled literally everywhere in the world, pretty much a lot of places. And I've never seen that ecosystem, if you will, of conversation and storytelling and, you know, community that ended anywhere else. And so my sort of hope and prayer is that we can build that industry and that ecosystem of conversation, you know, and there's, again, look at online today, companies are destroyed, elections are won, battles are lost online. Does that make sense? I mean, online is a battlefield. And so I really think that in Mississippi, we can build an entire industry around companies like Edge Theory and others that are in that space. And I think that's a bigger ecosystem than you could ever have around. Think about like, you know, the Carolinas, you have banking, you have, Mm -hmm. you know, you have, um, you know, different, different, different places in the United States are known for, uh, certain ecosystems of business. Well, I mean, gosh, Mississippi has the best ecosystem and that is this gift and art that we all have. And I know people look at me sometimes like I'm crazy, but I think that's something that, uh, I, I would love to look back on my life and think that we were a little part of building this incredible ecosystem. And, and we have, you know, 10, 20, you come back after school and we just build companies around this art form. Okay, so fairly passionate about it. <laughs> what advice would you have for entrepreneurs who want to stay in Mississippi but feel like they can't for the job? Sure. Like, uh, um, well, I mean, I think you know, COVID's changed a lot, right? For for I guess you're, you're speaking more to like an entrepreneur to start a company or yes, to work for yeah. start a company. Um, so ask it one more time. Uh, what advice would you have for entrepreneurs who want to stay in Mississippi but feel like they can't for the type of job or company that they're trying to create? Yeah, I think, um, I guess, 
I'd for sure give it a try. I mean, I think today, you know, there, uh, there's, it's, it's easier today. I think, you know, one, you have to have capital. Um, and today, you know, you can raise money in different ways that in the past. And so if you have an idea, um, and, uh, you've got to have capital to, 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 to go for that idea. Um, you know, there's what Kickstarter and all types of things you can use leverage, um, to raise money. But I think the biggest challenge would be to, you know, to, to, to I would say, if you're going to start a company, if you can't put your own money in it, you know, you're not, you know, you don't need to start it. So even if you have $10 in the bank or a thousand dollars in the bank, you know, any investor is going to say, what do you have in this? You know, and yeah. you can say sweat equity, but that's true. But, you know, so I think, um, I would just, I would go for it, but that's just my personality, mm-hmm. I think, but I think I would have a, I would frisk your soul first, you know, <laughs> and, and ask yourself, you know, do I have the risk tolerance to, 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 to fail and to succeed and to fail and to succeed, you know, and I think and just be able to handle that. Absolutely. Cause, cause I think if you can't handle that, then Hey, go get a great job for a great company. Mm-hmm. But I think you got to really ask yourself that. Um, and I see time and time again, people that have thought they wanted to be it, but they weren't, you know, but yeah. I'd go for it if, if, <laughs> if you had my personality, you know? Okay. Well, that is all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much for joining sure. me. Thank you. Thank you for being on the podcast.